Good morning, or good afternoon, uh, Spanish brothers. Pasa vosotros. Island brothers, I don't know what you say. What? What was that, Emery? Guagua? Guaguan? Oh. In South America, that's a bus. It is a guagua. Uh, I'm going to put my phone down. I don't want you to let me forget that I want to read you something that I have here from somebody in my family. I'll put it right there. I won't forget. This seems to be today's language. Have you noticed that? Oh, y'all use that? Yeah, they're, they're oh, you do? It's like uh, I get a text. I get a text from my kid, and it's that. And uh, I go, what is this? What does this mean? I had to send him one the other day. I said, can you decipher this face for me? And uh, they, uh, they say, my son-in-law is the one that always comes out with something crazy. It was a, 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 a face of like tornadoes coming out of his nose. Oh, yeah. And I say, what does this mean? My daughter says, that means you're mad. Okay, I can use it on you one of these days. And my son-in-law says, you know, it's a good thing they give me definitions because you can use these against your kids. My son-in-law says, no, you know what? That's a double moco rocket. <laughs> you know what this is to me? It's a smiley face. No, Dad, it's an emoji. It's an emoji. So I thought, oh, emotion? Could it be that? No. It was a guy named Emoji actually invented these. I thought it was meant to do with your emotions, but the guy's name is Emoji, and he came up with this idea. But to me, it's a smiley face. What do we do in spring? What happens in, stri- in spring? Baseball, yes. Yes. There's other things that happen in spring. The clock gets moved forward. Some kids get a spring break. My little grandson, he's six years old or seven, he says, oh, spring break's over? Oh, mom. And, and this morning he gets up. And my daughter says, we're going to church, and the kid goes, but it's spring break. (laughs) I don't get that. I don't get it. Where is baseball in the the Bible? Oh, yes, it is. Genesis. In the big inning. How How about Eve took first? Adam stole second. There's a lot of one. One in Luke. There's one in Luke. The prodigal came home. That's you and me. So baseball is in the Bible. But the only thing is, this is all you need. Okay, there it is. This is all I get from my kids. So I send them the back, the same thing back to them, a whole bunch of them. 
Okay, Dad, what does this mean? I said, you decipher it. You're the one who knows more about this than I do. Bad guys. Good guys. We won't go with that one. A dog in a house means you're in a dog house. Don't tell that to my wife. She doesn't know nothing about emojis. Yes. What happens this spring is this. This coming month, we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper. It's the time in which Jesus gave his life so that we may be saved. Have eternal life, but mostly is to understand why we go through the things we go through today. This week, we have problems with our lights in the house. We're rebuilding our house, and all the lights were working, and all of a sudden, they're not working. I get in my car, go to Walmart, and my car decides to stay at Walmart. My son-in-law just got news yesterday that his grandma is in a coma. It's just been a terrible week for me, for my, son, for my son-in-law, for my family. But wherever we go, Emery, you don't move to the right or to the left. You keep on going. In Mark, I asked God, yeah, and I talked to God. I hope you do too. Give me a sign. He gave me two of them today. And I'm kind of, I know it sounds kind of weird. Oh, Mickey was looking for a sign. I said, I just want to hear the song this morning, Cornerstone. That's all I want to do. I just want to hear Cornerstone, and I'll be all right. All I need is the song, Cornerstone. And I will be all right. I'm going to try and go fast because I, I have like 200 verses. So I'm going to cut to the chase. Where's my baseball players? My brother Frank, he's a good baseball player. I used to go watch him play. He played center field. What happened? He said he was. He, oh, he, did I say he was? Oh, somebody said he was. How come don't put your head? Where's the baseball players? Jason. Lila. Who's Lila? You play baseball? You play softball? Softball. Oh, come on. Boy, if the girl, if the girl beats you guys, oh my gosh. That was three? Emery's leaving, so we're going to try Emery. Oh, oh, you don't play baseball. You play that, that, that game with a big stick and what's it called? Cricket. Yeah. Oh, you play baseball? But you play cricket too? I know. Yeah, you don't want me to make jokes about cricket. Four. Devin. And Devin.
Okay, I'm going to cut to the chase. Make believe, make believe that this is the gospel. And Jason shoots first to the gospel. Jason? No. Frankie? And hey, don't get close, Frankie. Right there where you're good is good. I mean, don't even stand up. Frankie's probably the only one who can make it. No, that's two. Ah, uh, three. Ah, uh, four. Devin. Come on, Devin. Go ahead, Devin. Yes. Yes. You see, it's, it's, it's like David had five stones, right? David had five stones, but he only needed one. But he collected five. All I need is one. The thing is that if that's the gospel, the closer I get to it, the closer I get to it, the closer I get to it is I'm going to hit my mark. But we can't get close to it if we don't know who it's all about. We're in the doghouse if we don't know who it's, what it's all about. And I'm going to try to cut to this chase because I have so many verses and so many things to say and very unusual things to say that you wouldn't believe the way I think. But anyway, as in, in chapter 11 of Mark and chapter 12, uh, Jesus is entering Jerusalem. This is the Passion Week, the last week that he's here on earth, the last week in his six days before his crucifixion. And it's a there. And as they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. Now you might say, okay, they're just going to Jerusalem from these two little cities. But look at the cities. Look at these towns. Beth and Beth. Bethany and I don't know if I'm saying the other one right. The other one is Bethphage. They both have the word Beth in front of it. What is he saying? You don't have to go anywhere. If you can understand what the first verse means, that's all you need in this story because the first word is house. Beth means house. And if you're already Christian, you know where your house should be and I know where my house should be and who it should be with. House. Whoa. So God is already telling us about two houses. See, Bethany Bethany means house of misery. Bethphage means house of unripe figs. And as you read the rest of the story, you'll find those things within the story of of, of Mark chapter 11. He says, and and he went into the village and immediately as they entered, he says, which, uh, hey, he told his disciples, you're going to find a coat there. And when you find the coat, uh, just untie it and bring it to you. And they ask you, uh, what's going on? Why are you stealing? This is in Texas. You can't be taking horses. I think there's still a law. You get hung. Now, was Jesus stealing a horse? And he says, just tell him the Lord has need of it. Well, wait, I mean, how can just stay saying the Lord has need of it? Because in these, the last week in which Jesus lived on earth, the last week before he was crucified, he showed his authority. 
Before he was, remember, if you read the story, if you know the Bible, he was, don't tell nobody that I did. Don't tell nobody that, that you got healed because I touched you or because I put spit in your eyes or I put spit in my finger and stuck it in your ear because he did do that. But don't tell anybody. But here he's just, it doesn't matter who knows. And now he said, just tell them the Lord needs it and they will give it to you. And they did. And he gave them the colt. Why? Because it was time for authority to come into play in the life of Jesus and in our lives. And as he's going on, he goes, tell them I have need of it. And they went away in the coat and he tied it at the door. And, out, and then this, the same thing happened. And Jesus sat on the coat. Jesus sat on it and weighed in and went into Jerusalem. Why not a horse? Why a coat? See, if he would have walked in, there wouldn't have been no authority. He had to be writing something. And Revelations, it says, when he comes back for the second time, chapter 19, guess where he's coming on? A white horse with fire in his eyes. Are we ready for that? Because right now he's coming very humble on a humble creature. But he's still riding. He's not walking. And as he's walking in, they're singing Psalms 118. He's going in through a door, and it's probably the golden door, as on the other side of Jerusalem, the sheep are coming in. Now, at this time, Jerusalem is a city smaller than Galena Park. Yet there's over 500,000 to a million people in that city. Imagine a million people in, around in this city. Where would you put them all? Where would you put them all? So what, what, what he does, they're singing Psalms 118, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Not by any other name, but in the name of the Lord. The thing is that when you look at the name at the word Hosanna, they're singing Hosanna in Spanish. When I was a little kid, I thought they were saying, oh, somebody needs to be healed because Sana means to be healed. I was wrong. My dad used to preach. He used to preach the ten virgins every time. Oh, he's going to preach the ten virgins again. Is that true, sisters? See? Told you. Hosanna means save me, I pray. Save me is what Hosanna means. Save me. Then I start thinking about this. I say, wait a minute. What does Jesus mean? Yeshua Mashiach. What does that mean? Jesus the Christ. What does that mean? Jesus means salvation. Mashiach means the Christ. So when they were singing Hosanna, they were saying, save us, we pray, to the name that saves. He came into Jerusalem. He's looking around everything. He saw everything and he went back to Bethany. It was too late. It was too late for to do anything. Don't let it be late in, in your life. Don't wait till it gets too late. But anyway. And the next day, he became hungry and seeing a distance of fig tree he, uh, and leaf, verse 13, he went to see that perhaps it would see if it had any fruit in it. And he found nothing. 
He didn't find any fruit on the seed because it says here there wasn't a season for figs. But I think there was a translation that is a little bit off or we just don't understand botany or horticulture or horticulturist. Is that how you say it? Who's a scientist? Barry, is that how you say it? What's that? Botany works? Okay, yeah, because I can't pronounce the other one. So here we go. We got a botany question. So I'm going, okay, this has to do with this has to do with figs. And uh, he said to him, when it didn't give, when he didn't find any figs on him, he says, let's see. He found nothing. Wait a minute, he did find something. He said he found nothing but leaves in it. For it was not the season for figs. So Jesus, he got a, he's authority now. This is authority, right? Remember? He's coming in with authority, saying, May no one ever eat from you again because he's here at this time and the last week with authority and he's being authoritative with creation with a tree because all he saw on it was leaves I read this and I think about my mom you know why because the Bible says that the fruit is for food and the leaves is for medicine that's how my mom cures. You can ask my sisters. Hey, you got the mumps, you get some tomatoes and right there. I don't know. She rubs tomatoes in, your, in the sole of your feet. My wife makes these. Oh, is she here? She is here. My wife makes these, these cakes out of sour milk, and he puts, she puts lemon in it so it becomes a little cake. And if you have something that's bad in your skin or something, she put it in the next day or two hours, it's gone. She gets clay, puts it on you. Okay, just put the clay on and you'll be able to breathe. I said, what? The thing is that in botany, according to what I read, I don't know, you go research it. According to what I read, in fig trees, the fruit comes out first and then the leaves. So maybe there's something to what Jesus is saying here. I see there should be fruit. Because in fig trees, the fruit comes first. It almost sounds ridiculous. I don't know too much about botany. All I know is what I read. I say, why did Jesus say this? Ah, forget about that. I'm going to science. What is science? Science says the same thing. The first fruits come out. And what Jesus was looking for was the first fruits. Because the first fruits are the best that come from a fig tree. And then, at the same time, then the leaves start, start coming out. And by this time, if you know the Bible, you're probably going, oh, yeah. Now I get it. I have a little, my little grand, granddaughter. <laughs> my little granddaughter does this. She'll tell you something so profound, and then she'll tell you, get it? Okay, I got it. So I might use that. You get it? Got it. To where the, when I read this, I said, okay, now I researched it. Now I get it. Now I get it. The fruit is for food and the leaves are for medicine. What should come first? In, in uh, Mark 13, 
and you'll see a lot of verses in the Old Testament about uh, the, the fig tree and, and Zechariah and Jeremiah and Isaiah, and it all points to Israel. It all points to Israel, the fig tree. has no fruit, but it has leaves. And Jesus says, in Mark 13, and he's talking about the fig tree, he says. He says, when you learn from the fig tree, he says. Now learn the parable from the fig tree, when its branch has already become tender and puts out forth its leaves, you know that is summer is near. He didn't say fruit. He said leaves. When you see its leaves, be, it's on for Jesus to come back. Well, what happened to the fruit? Where do the fruits come in? You see, symbolic in Galatians, it says that we should have the fruit of the Spirit, love, temperance, and it names a whole bunch of them there. And then if you go back to Galatians, and that's what we should have. And then comes the leaf that cures us because that's going to help us in the fruit that we have. Not the fruits that we have. Oh, let's get a whole bunch of people here in the church. No, let's take care of this body first. Let's take care of the fruit that's in here. And as they were coming back, Peter looks, hey, look at that, Jesus. It's withered. It's dead. How can it be happened from one day to the other? In Matthew, you will read where John the Baptist says the same thing, and in Acts also the same thing, where, where, where John the Baptist says Jesus is coming. The axe is at a root of the trees. It's at the root of the trees. Why would he say that? What is he saying? He's talking about Israel. Oh, you'll find a lot of verses in the Bible, and I have them written right there. I'm not going to share them with you so we can finish quick quick, because my sister Bila wants her tamales. Sister Bila, I can't say bad things about my sister Bila. She, she feeds a homeless person and gives her clothes downtown. Awesome. But she's like a timekeeper. If you ever preach here, she's going to time you. <laughs> Beware of that. You know, not, you know that now. You see, the Bible talks about a lot of trees. This tree and that tree. I like Zechariah chapter 17. It talks about two or three trees there. And one of them is actually Jesus. You have to go read it at home. Zechariah. Chapter 17, I believe it is. The thing is this. The Bible says, and there are some Psalms, that we are like trees. If Jesus is a tree on the hill, on the cross, that gave his life, that's what it says in Galatians. That's what it says in in the Psalms. That's what it says in Zechariah. But how are we trees? What does a tree do? The tree gives food. Jesus gives us everything we we need. The tree gives leaf and medicines. The tree, this building has trees. Has wood. 
The trees give us oxygen. We be able to breathe. You know what? That they say that man is the only part of creation can obedece. Well, I'm forgetting my English. <laughs> that disobeys. Man is the only one that disobeys. Creation's okay. The waves are still right where they should be. The trees, they still grow their leaves. Creation keeps on going, and we're the only ones that disobey. Blind man, Jesus heals a blind man. What does a blind man say? He says, go wash yourself. He spits, put mud, mud in, his, in his eyes. He spits and put mud muds in his eye, just like a mama. I saw a mother today call me in the sun. I said, hey, put some spit on it. <laughs> Isn't that what mothers do? Put some spit on it. <sighs> True story. This morning, this church. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not going to tell you the name because... I, I, when I saw that, I said, this is awesome. Where's my mom? <laughs> the blind man goes and washes in the pool of Siloam, and, and he washes his face. And as he's trying to, as he's trying to see and trying, and his eyes are blurry, he looks at men and he says, men are like trees. That's what he says. Men are like trees. And I'm going to my brain, whoa, yes, we are. We should be giving food to others. We should be curing others like trees do. And we should help them breathe in the Holy Spirit so they can understand who Jesus Christ and who and what his name means. Because his name means salvation, Hosanna. Jesus comes in. And he goes into Jerusalem and he sees the buyer and they're selling stuff in the church in the house, in the house of God. And, and Jesus says, heaven, don't you know that this is a house of prayer? But what he does is very symbolic. He overturns all the tables. He overturns all the tables. It's an, to us, it's an idiom. What's an idiom? Something that says something but means something else. It's like me saying, I scratch you back, you scratch my back. What does that mean? Hey, we're, we're partners. But he's overturning the tables. He's doing something new. He's showing you this isn't what it's about. It's about my house and the house that I'm creating. The Bible says that we are a house. We are a temple in which the Holy Spirit lives. Isn't it written, Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for Israel? It says there, for all the nations. All right, Mexicans are in. After you heard that, you know what, they asked him four questions. You know, after, after they heard that, they wanted to kill him in verse 18, you know, the whole crowd. And you know what, I just said there's 500,000 to a million people in this city, in the temple. How do you think they are? Shoulder to shoulder. So they're watching this. The crowd is looking at this. The crowd is looking to Jesus, and the, and the scribes go back and forth. Ooh, ah, what do they look like? They look like this. Ooh, ah. Okay, that one on the right, 
right, right corner in the bottom. I get that a lot from my kids. I don't know what it means. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was Home Alone. Remember Home Alone? It, but now I, now I understand what they're doing. Really? That's what they're doing to me. I got it, girls. So you can't do that no more. This is the crowd. Ooh, they're laughing. And, hmm, that's pretty smart. That's pretty wise. The Sanhedrin is like this. The scribes are like this. They're mad. Who does he think he is? So they start asking him. They ask him four questions, which we can go over. And I think I was talking to, I introduced myself to a young lady over here. I said, hello, I'm Mekia. Can I sit by you? And she says, yeah, what's your name? She says, I need a, you need a what? I said, that's my name, I need a, oh. Okay. Well, I need a taco right now. I said. Yeah, I need. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> we need to be able to see Jesus through all this. It's like that little girl that was drawing a picture. So what are you drawing? I'm drawing Jesus. Nobody knows what Jesus looks like. They will in a minute. Because <laughs> that's what's going on. The crowd is going, ooh, ah, and the, the scribes are mad. Because he's answering all their questions. One of the questions is, uh, do you know the questions? Yeah, so I want so we can make this quicker. How about one of them is, uh, uh, should we pay taxes? No! <laughs> I would have loved to hear, no, okay, yeah, let's not pay taxes. Should we pay taxes? Anybody got a quarter? 50 cent piece? Something? Quarter? Nickel? Anything? Anybody got a quarter? 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 A real quarter. One of those. You got a quarter, Luke? I don't have a quarter. You have a quarter? Let me borrow it, bro. The church that pays. You got a quarter, Frankie? Let me have Frankie. Oh. See, he's a baseball player. Quarter. You got a dollar? Ah, it's just. <laughs> he says, whose face is in it? Let's, let's just take that he's here now. And he said, whose face is it? Oh, George Washington. But Jesus would have said, but what does it say on it? In God we trust. It's different here than back then. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make some, a commercial for the church not to forget to give. In God we trust. Who do you trust in? Then give it to the church because you trust in God. Right? I mean, you pay $80 for a pineapple coconut cake. Were y'all here? I have $40. I said, man, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm waiting for that coconut. If cookies make the cookies that you're making, it's a 40, a 40, I have $40 ready, $40 ready. And they're going 20, 30. I said, yeah, I'm going to make it. So I'm running back there to get one of those numbers. Because you're supposed to have a number to bet on, to, to buy the raffle on the, the coconut, coconut. I'm going back there. All of a sudden, I hear 80. Oh. I only have $40. I already have plans to sneak it in my house so my wife won't know. <laughs> Don't eat that. You'll be diabetic. No, it's bad for you.
Man, y'all would have let me bought it. I would have shared it with the whole church right there so I wouldn't have to take it home. It's okay. $80. Y'all did good. $80. I don't know who bought it. I hope you're happy. No, what did, the, what did it sell for? I heard $80. I don't know. Remember the fig tree, he says the fig tree, and then Jesus keeps on talking about the fig tree, and then he says some other things. Truly I say to you, whenever, whenever this mountain be taken up and cast into the sea, then, you know, and you have no doubt in your heart, but believes in what he says is gonna, going to happen, it will be granted to him. And it reminded me of my, brother, my older brother, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's my older brother. We used to go out, we used to double date. We both married the girls that we used to double date with, and we would go out with friends and things. And when somebody said something dumb, something un, sort of uneducated, my older brother would always say, man, you got the brains God gave a tree. And I'm thinking, trees have brains? I thought they had hearts. And then he wouldn't stop there. He says, where were you? Were you in the tree line? I didn't know there was a line, I told him. But it's like a tree. That's the way a tree is. A tree does its job. You can say a tree has faith. A tree does what he's supposed to do. Jesus says, pray, believe. And pray as if you already received it, and it will be granted to you. Sometimes we pray, I hope he gives it to me. He gave me my song today. I don't know about you. Cornerstone. Bam. That's all I wanted today. First question, they say, what authority by what authority do you say these things? And he says, you know what? You answer my question, I answer your question. You know, who does that? Answers with a question. You ask them a question, they answer with a question. Parents do. Remember when you were a kid? Hey, Mom. And you ask them a question. Hey, can I have a cookie? <laughs> you remember that? We didn't have cookies. We had tortillas. Big stack. We're 12, it's got to be big. You know, and, and, and the kid always says, why? 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 You can't have no, because it's not dinner time. Why? Because you get sick. Why? Oh, my gosh. What is Jesus telling us? He's saying, I'm the authority here. If you can't answer me, I'm not answering you. You know why? Because at this time, when the sheep came in through the sheep gate and Jesus came in through the golden gate, what they were doing with the sheep, it says in the Old Testament, that it has to be an unblemished, unblemished lamb. It has to be a perfect lamb. So what they're doing to Jesus is they're checking him out. What's your credentials? Do you have a license? I mean, you can stop by a cop. 
It'll be the same thing. You have a license? And they're doing that to Jesus because they're examining the Lamb of God to see if he is who he is. And he answers with authority. That one and also the one about the coin. And then there was one about resurrection. Who does, who does she marry in the heavens? And when she dies, she's had seven husbands. Uh, who is she going to be with in heaven? And Jesus says, hey, you know what? You just don't understand. Because the Bible says that you will not marry in heaven. That crowd was awesome. Ooh, ah. And they're looking at everything that Jesus is doing and everything that he's, that he's saying, and they're inspecting the lamb. And the lamb passes inspection. But before he does that, they ask him. Jesus says this. When he talks about the vine growers, he tells them, uh, haven't you... Even read the scripture, the stone, the rock, the one that David talked about. It's in the Old Testament. The rock of salvation, which is the, the which the builders rejected. This became the chief cornerstone. This came out about from the Lord and it's marvelous in our eyes. It's happening now. Our foundation is Jesus Christ, is what you're saying. You've missed it. You're protecting the foundation. You're examining the stone, and you don't like the stone that you see because you don't think you can build on it. When it's a stone that we should all be building on. It's the electricity I have problems with. But God's going to help me with that. Verse 12 of chapter 12. And they were seeking to seize him, and yet they feared the people, for they understood that he spoke the parable against them. The parable of the vineyard was against Israel, and also the fig tree, and all the things he said was against the believe, the, 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 not Israel, but the people, the leaders of Israel. So it came, it came a time, then he talks about the commandment, which commandment is the foremost, which is the best commandment, the commandment, the best commandment of everything. Then there's, and Jesus said, there's not only one, there's two, there's a great one, and there, there's a second one, but it's about love. It's about love. I mean, I see this church's love especially a time when rodeo time comes around. <laughs> because it was for the kids, right? I'm not mistaken, right? The money that was given for that $80 cake went to the kids. Somebody paid $800 for something. I forgot what it was. That's pretty awesome. Is for the kids. 
verse 34. And when Jesus saw that the, the other scribe had answered right, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. After that, it says, nobody would venture to ask him any more questions. Jesus passed the test. No blemishes. And he has all authority in our lives. And what are we doing? What are we doing with that? I'll read you something. I have a daughter who sent me a text. And I'm not going to tell you which daughter it is. She sends me this text and it says, holy cow. I say, oh my gosh, my kid is Hindu now. She says, I was just approached by two ladies at school asking me to be part of their Bible study. I said, yeah. But they believe that there's a female God and that Jesus was married. I send her back, stay away from them, run away, run away fast. She says, don't worry. It's right here. She says, don't worry, I shut them down. And said a little prayer for them. Poor girls. Emoji. <laughs> How's our house doing? How's this temple doing? Because Jesus, when he started his, his last week, he started with two houses, and they weren't doing so good. A house, Beth, of bad figs, and a house of misery. Good thing that Jesus came to save us. Good thing that Jesus came and gave his life, and he resurrected. He didn't stay there. He beat death so that we, when, when it's time for us to sleep, we can say, uh-uh, I'm going to wake up in the next second. I might be gone, but the next second I'm going to be awake. Why? Because Jesus has given me that authority, the authority that he has, because of his authority, I can wake up from this nightmare and be with him forever.
beautiful name. It is the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. Oh, I could separate us now. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death cannot hold you, the veil tore before you. You silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. doesn't stop there. They were ooing and aahing and what Jesus was doing. There was a lady who came in and put two cents while everybody was giving from the reserves. This lady gave everything she had and that's how God wants us to be part of his house and give it your all. Everything that I am is yours. Pretty hard, huh?
He also says, beware. Beware. He gives us a warning, beware, because you're going to be haunted. You're going to be taken advantage of us. You're going to suffer just like I did. You're going to hurt. Acts 4 says this, verse 12. There is no salvation in no one else, for there is no other name, no other name under heaven that has been given among men to which we must be saved, but the name of Jesus. As they sing, we're going to pray, but if there's something that you need to give up and be part of this house, the house of Jesus, I invite you to come pray with me. The name that saves Yeshua Mashiach. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are the praise of your glory for you are raised to life again you have no rival you have no equal now and forever God you reign yours is the kingdom yours is the glory What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. If you know the song, you're welcome to sing. You are the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ our King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus.
praise of your glory for you are raised to life again you have no rival you have no eagle now and forever God you reign yours is the kingdom yours is What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. He said, whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. Knock and the door will be open. So there's a house somewhere in there because he's saying there's knock on the door. There must be a house. He told Peter, here's my keys. Here's the keys. Matthew chapter 16, you can read it. Here's the keys to my kingdom. I'm giving you the keys. Whatever you ask in his name, I pray that God gives it to you today. And all you have to do, he said in chapter Mark chapter 11, is believe. And become a tree with him. And give to others. Forgive others just the way he forgave us. Let's pray we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. But not in our name, but because you have sent your son. That whoever believes in him can have eternal life. Whoever believes in him can touch you, Father. Whoever sees him can see you, Father. I ask for those that are here in front, kneeling before you, the Lord, that you answer their prayers, Father, because we all need it. We might have not come up, but we all need you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for you, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. In the law that you've given us, it's not a hard law. It's easy. It's just to love you and love our neighbors. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised, Father. Thank you once again. A blessing for this church. A blessing for the members, Father. Look into our hearts. It's with our hearts that we praise your name. In the name of Yeshua. In the name of salvation. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.